0: Welcome to the BMJ podcast. The NHS's delivery plan, setting out what's in store for the English NHS in the coming years, has been delivered by Simon Stevens, the Chief Executive. Key to those are the Sustainability and Transformation Plans, which 44 areas are currently undertaking to, yet again, reorganise care. Crucially, this time with social care included in the mix. I'm Duncan Jarvis, and I'm joined on the line now by Hugh Oldwick, Senior Policy Advisor at the King's Fund, and co-author of an analysis on the bmj.com looking at what's happening with these STBs. Hi, Hugh.
1: Hi, Duncan. How are you doing?
0: Good, thanks. Now, Hugh, as I said, you've written for us about STPs, but I still think there's quite a lot of confusion about what they actually are. Um, so to help listeners, can you equate them to anything that's gone previously i'm thinking perhaps i don't know strategic health authorities um or are they some sort of new beast entirely
1: so uh, good question and um uh what they definitely are is a new piece of jargon for the nhs which is often not very well explained <laughs> so a slightly better job uh well firstly rather than comparing them to what they might be like from the past what are they well they they are basically just a plan Um, So they were announced uh, in a document that was published by NHS England uh, and other national bodies at the end of 2015, which essentially asked uh, organisations from the NHS uh, to work together to develop plans for the future of health and social care services in their area of the country, um, covering a five year period, so all the way up to 2021. Uh, The scope of the plans is really broad. So uh, they're supposed to cover all areas of NHS spending, as well as how NHS services work with local government and particularly adult social care services. The key piece of jargon here is that the plans are place-based, as NHS England says. So organisations in a geographical area have to work together to write their plans. So they're not plans based on organizational boundaries they're geographical boundaries so places like greater manchester or derbyshire or nottingham and nottinghamshire and there's been lots of meetings for leaders to come together and discuss the plans they've all got an appointed leader most of those leaders come from the nhs yeah just where we are now the the the, the sort of latest drafts of the plans were published in october at the end of last year uh, but those plans were at various stages of development. Not all of them were final or finished. And some of them have been changing in the months since.
0: Okay. Um, I mean, you mentioned there a little bit about who's kind of pulling these together. And I think that's been where some criticism has been leveled, that these are taking place behind closed doors, partly because of the speed in which they had to be kind of pulled together. So, I mean, who is actually... Um, making the decisions on this? You said leaders from the NHS, but who are those people? So
1: the idea is that NHS leaders are supposed to be working with local government, with the voluntary sector, with patients from the public, with different parts of the NHS, so uh, hospitals, uh, GPs, mental health, to develop the plan. So in concept, the idea is that all parts of the health and social care system are supposed to be involved in developing the plans. Uh, In practice, we know actually, uh, because of the limited time available last year to write the STPs, uh, local leaders found it difficult to meaningfully involve all different parts of the health and care system in developing the plans, particularly clinicians, frontline staff. Uh, In particular, we carried out some research actually into the process last year in four different parts of the country. Uh, and the involvement of local authorities varied really widely between the SDP areas that we looked at. So in one area, we had very strong partnership between the NHS and the local government, but also we found almost no local government involvement in a different area. So there'd been variation. Uh, but across the board, in the early parts of the process, we found that patients and the public had been largely absent uh, although things have been improving as there's been more time to develop the plans, consults on the proposals.
0: Now, you mentioned the local authorities being involved and I know this is something that BMJ's written about. Um, that, you know, health budgets that have been, after Lantley's plan, moved into local authorities perhaps have different priorities to where they would do if they sat within the NHS. Um, But at the same time you know care budgets and local authorities need shoring up we've heard how stretched those are and how huge the sort of proportion of um local authorities budgets going into social care is um so there must be a tension there between those sort of different people coming together um how's that working out
1: well as you say it's, it's really difficult because Uh, As uh, people listening will know, the uh, NHS uh, is funded separately from local government and adult social care services. And despite the clear link between health and social care in particular, um, they're funded separately. And the decisions about how that money is spent are not made in the same way. And there's separate accountability arrangements between the NHS and local government including the democratic accountability of local authorities. Uh, So it's been difficult to come together to to make plans for the future, given those differences in funding and decision-making. The added complexity has been that STPs, uh, so these new plans in the NHS, are being developed across quite big geographical areas. Yeah. The smallest probably covers about 330 ish thousand people. The biggest is close to 3 million people. And so often you've got say three, four, five, six, seven local authorities all within the same STP. Um, So it's not as if you've just got one group of NHS leaders having to speak to one local authority about how they're going to integrate health and social care services. The challenge is far more complex because it's many more organizations than that and many more local authorities who have to work together. There has been progress in lots of areas in thinking about how NHS and local government budgets can be pooled uh, and used to provide, well, to commission uh, more integrated services, how uh, social care workers can work more closely with GPs and so on. So this progress is definitely being made, Uh, but there's been clear challenges because those differences in decision-making and funding.
0: I mean, it sounds massively complicated, (laughs) as you say. Um, And then if we think about maybe the sort of national picture of it, um, there are 44 of these STPs um, all coming up with their own plans. And then within that, you know, all those local authorities that you talk about and um, all the hospital trusts you talk about. uh, How is that sort of national picture looking? Are we just going to have this huge variation across the country um is there a sort of tie-up between stps or, or a similarity of vision about you know what can be implemented finally
1: and so when you look across uh, the 44 plans um so i've had the pleasure of reading all of them uh, <laughs> you, you you actually see a sort of common set of themes that emerge Obviously, there's differences depending on local context, priorities, the starting point of that local system and how they're performing. Uh, But actually, there's eight or nine things that crop up in all of the plans in different forms, um, ranging from primary prevention and care in the community all the way to changes to sort of highly specialized services provided in hospitals. So there are sort of themes broad in scope, but, but pretty common, so an example of a prominent theme that you can see in nearly all of the plans, or indeed all of them, is the ambition to strengthen, redesign um, primary and community services that so mm. are delivered out hospitals typically. So GPs in most parts of the country are being encouraged to work together in groups and networks. Um, new teams are being developed to try to provide more coordinated services, so with GPs, community nurses, health visitors, social workers, mental health staff, and so on. Um, so, sort of multidisciplinary team working, new roles are being proposed to help manage care in the community. So, you've got a set of changes to primary community services they are actually pretty common in different parts of the country. And stepping back, I think the content of the plans will feel pretty familiar to those who've read NHS policy documents over the last decade or more. Mm. Uh, for example, calling for more care to be delivered in the community for the NHS to prioritise preventing ill health over treatment. So actually, a lot of what's in the plans isn't very new, doesn't mean it's not important. Uh, but as I say, across all 44, you can highlight some pretty common areas of concern.
0: Mm, okay. Um, right. Now, I suppose this is time that we need to talk about cash. Um you know, Atlantis reform, Nicholson challenge. Um, is there any hope that these potentially huge changes that that these STPs kind of embody, um, I, you know, we're talking hospital enclosures here, things like that, um, can actually work without investment? And I think I've seen the fact that um, uh, the BMA has sort of put together an idea of, of where that would need to go. And it's almost nine and a half billion of kind of funding up front to, to put in place the changes that might then obviously lead to savings down the line. Um, so, you know, can this actually work without investment up front?
1: Also, well, there's a few points there which I think are important. The first is, as you say, all of the plans were asked to project um, sort of the, the potential size of the gap in NHS finances by the end of the parliament. Uh, if the organizations there did nothing to change or improve how care was delivered and as you say those gaps are often significant and they vary on a per capita basis Um, so the publicly available information on how stp's plan to close those gaps varies between the plans and in some cases limited but it's clear from looking at the plans that there's going to have to be sort of eye-wateringly high efficiency savings made by the nhs and productivity improvements Uh, by NHS providers in particular at a higher rate than they've done in the recent past. So it's going to be very, very difficult to do. But there's a a separate set of questions, as you say, about is investment needed in the sorts of changes that we're hoping is going to improve care? Uh, And the answer is clearly yes, there will be. So, for instance, uh, the plan talk about uh, redesigning care outside of hospitals, as, as we talked about earlier, well, we know that services in the community at the moment are under extreme pressure. So, take uh, district nursing services, for instance, where we know there's been growing demand for those services, yeah. but you know, fewer staff to deliver them. Uh, same sets of challenges in general practice, challenges in mental health. And so, if we're going to be providing more coordinated care outside of hospital, there has to be an upfront prior investment, and that's not just. Uh, so some people talk about capital spending so things like new buildings and infrastructure but also just revenue cash uh, for new staff new services, new ways of working uh, and there also is an, an extra element to this which is the double running costs, is the jargon people often use. Yeah, yeah. Well as paying new staff in the community to deliver a wider range of services well it takes time and investment to develop them and you've still got to run the old services until they're up and running yeah. so it's not just the extra investment for services in the community which have been chronically underfunded it's the double running costs whilst you're setting them up in the first place so there certainly has to be investment to make anything uh, that's being described in the plans work I mean there's some things which require far less investment some things you can do immediately but the big changes we're talking about particularly in terms of community services or care outside of hospitals really does need investment.
0: Yeah um and yet when simon Stevens kind of talked about uh this the other day uh he didn't actually ask for more cash um but in chris's editorial that sort of runs alongside this um he says the argument for extra funding will have to be addressed sooner rather than later so do you have an idea of how soon is sooner well
1: the delivery plan is quite clear so so yes yeah, so they So NHS England has published this document, which is being called the delivery plan, more jargon. Uh, But the the plan essentially, as you say, it doesn't ask for more funding, but it highlights quite clearly the need for the NHS to be realistic about what it can achieve within the funding available. Uh, And Simon Stevens himself has pointed out the inevitable trade-offs involved in running a health system like the NHS, particularly given the slowdown in growth Mm. in NHS funding. As the document shows that some areas of care, like A&E, cancer, will be prioritised over others, like less urgent diagnosis and treatment. So, as Chris says in his editorial, the important question, therefore, is one for the government about how and when they will increase NHS funding to deliver on the range of priorities that matter to patients and politicians. There there seems to be little doubt that more funding will be needed uh, for the NHS and social care system. But it's ultimately a political choice about when the government wants to act and how much it's willing to spend i think the the important question is if the government is not willing to do that i think it will be difficult given their manifesto commitments not to raise income tax or national insurance yes uh, but if not willing to increase nhs funding it's going to have to be honest with the public about the things that the nhs will not be able to do as a result of that political decision
0: yeah yeah and Now, in a blog, Jennifer Dixon um, from the Health Foundation has said that, you know, the hand dealt to Simon Stevens um, was truly appalling when he took this on. Do you think there's an acknowledgement of that and that there's any, I mean, this is all speculation, obviously, but any sort of willingness to move within the government there?
1: Well, I think it's important to recognise that the context has changed quite a lot because when Simon... Um uh Stevens wrote the five year forward view, for instance, back in twenty fourteen. You had a completely different set of people at the heart of government. Yeah. David Cameron and George Osborne. Uh the, the five year forward view was widely accepted as the plan uh for the future of the NHS. Some funding was promised to support that plan, um, although Uh, slightly less than is often quoted. Uh, But now the situation has changed and you've got a different set of people in government who might have less personal commitment uh, to the ideas set out by Simon Stevens and others a few years ago. So the context has definitely changed. But also over that period of time, we've seen uh, cuts in funding for public health budgets, for instance, continued cuts in local authority budgets. And while there's been some... Uh, additional investment announced in social care. It's clear that the situation within local government, public health, adult social care, makes it even more difficult for Simon Stevens and others to deliver the set of priorities they set out in the forward view. Yeah. So I think the shifting context, both politically, but also in local government and financially, is really important in understanding uh, what Simon Stevens and the NHS credibly deliver.
0: Well, I suppose we'll just have to <laughs> wait and see. Um, Hugh Aldwick, thank you very much for taking the time to talk to us today. Thank you very much. You've been listening to Hugh Aldwick describe what's going on with STPs. If you want to find out more, the analysis article we talked about, sustainability and transformation plans for the NHS in England. What do they say, and what's happened next? And then also the editorial we referred to. Next Steps on the NHS 5-Year Forward View are both available on bmj.com. You can subscribe to us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts, wherever we're now. You can also find our full back catalogue on Soundcloud, all for free. Just search for BMJ Talk Medicine. Thanks for listening.